Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Women's Strata Bianca 2023 recap. A race that looked a bit closed off when coverage first started and then it built up, built up, and the crescendo, <laughs> the final 15 minutes of this race were very good. And then the finale was even exceeded my expectations. We have some things to discuss in this finish. As a reminder, the course from Siena to Siena is 136 kilometers. They have eight, uh, not pave, not cobbles, white gravel road sections that looked in very good condition. Uh, but they don't do the Monte Saint-Marie section, which is really hard after the Asciano one. So there is a decent section of tarmac in the sort of second third of this race that offers a place to anticipate. Then there's the classic finish to Siena. The last 30k is the same as the men's race. Punchy climbs, summer gravel. Following here, Kopecky, Puck Peters. Who is she, Benji? Who is Puck Peters and Fem Van Empel? Because you know I'm not the CX guy. <laughs> they're CX riders, and they're pretty damn good at CX riding. They're like one of the, like two of the, the top riders in women's CX at the moment. And like, I don't watch as much, much CX as some people do, but they're definitely really good riders. And the go-to thing when it comes to CX riders when they transition into road is, oh, can they do that at Strade Bianche? And we've seen Persico in Tour de France Femme last year with her hands off her handlebars doing something while riding on gravel so they have the technique for it she was also cx history still does cx and so forth so there's something in there when it comes to strade let's see if it works out in today's race eh? but um Alisa Longo Borghini has covid or an injury uh, she was flu-like symptoms or something flu-like symptoms okay she's out shame for trek segafredo they have spratt in the women's world tour leaders jersey elisa Bolsimo, but she said to benji in person not a favorite race, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how Trek go. It's not their strongest team without ELB's the big contender they have for this race. Banana Roy, also out. I don't know really? what the reason was, but not in the team. Okay. So it's a pretty strong start list. As always, Movistar have brought Lippert in. So now they have Lippert, who's good in this parkour. Makai, I think, and Van Vleuten, the world champion. But it's really, to me, SD Works, returning winner, Lotta Kopecky, the race is theirs to lose from my perspective with Volering and the team they have. But I just got back to Andorra. In fact, NG, I got dehydrated from a flight. My lips are cracking. But, you know, pro cyclists don't understand this, the struggle trying to podcast at this sort of professional level with uh, chapped lips from a flight. But I'm jumping back in straight away. I ain't going out in minus nine degrees get those lips in even worse condition <laughs> in the winter here in Andorra, jumping in, jumping on Zwift, onto the Zwift Hub 499, the best indoor smart trainer of 2023, voted by, bicy voted by Bicycling Magazine. Gone are the days of four-figure direct drive smart trainers, 
$1.9. Unbelievable price. And it can get you jumping in to Zwift with an easy setup and jumping on. Just perfect for the winter, which seems to be here to stay. Someone told me that winter doesn't end on the 1st of March, so I'm learning things, new things every day. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the show as always. But coverage started, Benji, and it seemed like a few teams were trying to get up the road. Jumbo Visma, yeah. I think we're the main team trying to get up there. Definitely with Karl Swinkels, one of the riders that went solo and tried to get away from the, the already thinned out Peloton group. Like, we don't see the action that happened on that five-star sector before coverage, but the Peloton was not a full-stacked Peloton anymore. Then again, it was still large enough so that there's like some, some questions of whose domestiques are going to ride when someone goes. And Karl Swinkels goes off the front, and then we see... Two kilometers later with 40k to go, a larger group trying to get away with Barnfine and so forth in there, and Balsamo also in there, and Faulkner also in there. But that group really, there was, it was too large. When a group is too large, there's too many people looking at each other and they're saying, oh, you should ride. No, you should ride. And that didn't work out. So Faulkner decided, well, if y'all don't want to ride, I'm going to go solo. So Faulkner attacks that group. That group gets called by the Peloton again. And we've got a... A two-women adventure going on. Faulkner basically catches up with Swinkles in the next couple of kilometers. And the gap grows to like 1 minute 30 with about 31k to go. Faulkner ends up dropping Swinkles on like this, this steep ramp after a descent. Because Faulkner was here the better rider here of the two. Swinkles has a strong sprint and so forth. But when it comes to this terrain, the climbing performances, I'm always going to point to Faulkner here of the two. And Faulkner, the gap started growing. The gap started growing and... Did you have at any point like feel like, okay, gap of 1 minute 38, she can actually win this? I thought she had won the race. I couldn't believe the disrespect <laughs> being offered to uh, Faulkner. Now, her tactics on her feet in UAE Tour were perplexing, to say the least. But on this sort of parkour, she picked the perfect moment to anticipate. Far away from the last three gravel sections where all the big favorites, the punchy riders who will probably drop her there, like Kopecky, like Lippert, like Van Vlerten, like Vollering, far away from there. So it's still domestique territory. And she gets across to Swinkles. I'm surprised she wasn't joined by the riders, and she's a powerhouse. It looks like she crashed, well, she had crashed clearly before in this race. She was bleeding from the elbow and her left hip region. And it was reminding me a lot, actually, of the Olympics this race because yeah. there were the, the top favorites then start to attack each other. And you basically have <laughs> Chaspatat situations. There was a group that went clear without SD works. I thought SD works lack of control at this point in the race was really curious to me. Um, I thought they would just get bread of old on the front to like control the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. So they kept attacking with bread of all. Then I was kind of surprised help. by that. Because the gap won't necessarily become smaller to the front of the race no. by keeping up that attack. So they're making this race harder for them by not pacing and deciding to go into attacks and follow groups with Bredewald and so forth. And we're talking about the Monte Aperti section now with 25k to go where that is happening. And in the peloton, basically every attack that went gets caught. And then the peloton kind of had a, a Movistar moment, right? Where Movistar went to the front where their entire train, Patinho was in there, we had some other domestiques, Mackay, and then Lippert and Von Vleuten were the two last riders in the train, and at this point in the race, we're still thinking who of these two riders would be the eventual leader here, because 
I had a feeling Lippert could end up the strongest in this race because of Omlo. But then again, Van Vleuten had a puncture on Muur, so we don't know her true form when it comes to these classics races. And it kind of continued like that because that move didn't really do much except for thinning out the group. And that's what is important here because if the group keeps getting thinned out, all the competitors of his D-Works will become more and more vulnerable to be rolled attacks upon, right? And yes, but they're also hyper aware of that. And so yeah. they will not offer service in the group. They will not pull, even if it's a group of eight. Like last, in 2021, we saw a group of eight with Vanderpool, Alphalee, Pidcock, Bernal, whatever. Everyone worked. Some people worked a little bit more than us, but Ludwig was not working when those sort of groups were created. And that's the problem when Kopecky so dominant last year and also AVV and Lippet there that everyone that isn't on SD Works or Movistar is like, I'm not pulling. Yeah. Why yeah. would I pull with, with you? Um, and so going into the last 18 kilometers or maybe a little bit less, um, about 20 kilometers, Faulkner's got a minute 45. And yeah. I'm like, unless someone does something from SD Works drastic here to put 30 seconds into this, Faulkner's going to win this race because she'll keep going for the rest of this stage. She's made it into a time trial effort. Now she will lose a lot on that final climb. So she can still lose 20 seconds easily yeah. on that climb, but she's not going to lose 45 seconds on that final climb. So it, it ended up working out for SD Works, Benji, but I don't think this is the best way to go about races. No, they could have won this race very easily if they did a different strategy than they applied today. But then again, let's keep going with what we've got as a setup here. We've got Volring basically attacking the group, which is after the Colipinzuto cobble section. So he once again had a Bredewald move earlier on, but Volring makes a rolling attack on the smaller group that is left after that second last gravel section. And there's no immediate response. And Volring actually gets a bit of a gap on the group that she's in. And she does put time into the rider up front in Faulkner because the gap was going down from 145 to 120. One yep, 111, 107. Yeah, roughly that time was between those two riders that is left, but then uh, an unusual character popped up on the television. You can talk about it. It wasn't one of mine, but yeah, it's a shame. Like a horse got onto the course. We basically see a front-on shot from the moto of Volering pointing, pointing, and I saw, yeah, I was like, is she about to duck off? Is she about to do a Dumoulin or something? Like, it was just weird. You don't see riders doing it solo. <laughs> And then she starts screaming. And I was like, has there been a landslide or no, it's not raining. And then the motorbike goes past. There's a horse loose. And it's not like a little miniature horse or like, you know, it's a big fucking horse. It's a big <laughs> horse. Like it could kill you, man. Like and it's actually poor, dangerous. The poor thing was frightened. It's dangerous for the horse. It's dangerous for the riders, obviously. Um, I do think Strata has a pretty I might have a back-to-back-to-back -back -back record, I think, with animals on the course. We definitely yeah. have had a, we've had a Marema, a big boy, but he did nothing. The Marema just was cruising, didn't What's give a, a fuck. Um, a Italian bird. It's like a, uh, it's like a big white dog that guards <laughs> livestock. So like in Andorra, you have the Great Pyrenees or Pyrenean Mountain Dog. 
Spanish Mastiff. In Tuscany region, you have Orobruzzo, you have the Marema. My friend's parents just got some for their farm, in, got one for their farm in Tasmania. Um, I am an expert in livestock guardian dogs, but yeah, it didn't care. There was a smaller dog, which is a little bit more agitated. It was on the course in a different year, but now I've got a horse. And it, I mean, jokes aside, it cost volunteering time at least yeah. 20 seconds because she was also rattled. She was terrified by it because like there's a horse on the loose in front of you, a horse that is completely terrified. You don't know what that horse is going to do. But then again, it's giving some draft though. You think she got more benefit from the draft than Definitely she lost not. from... <laughs> Definitely not. Are we overanalyzing this damn horse? I mean, it's a shame. The horse then slid out on a corner. I think it didn't know where to go, basically, because it's got fences on the other side, slid out. It did seem to get up. Hope it's okay. Volerin continues on. We don't see the horse again, but yeah, I hope it was all right. Not on my bingo um, card. Yeah. Well, I reckon it could... I mean, livestock getting on the course, cycling... Yeah, but a horse coming onto the course of Strade Bianche. For that long. We're and not then, talking, by the way, guys, 100 meters. It was on the course for a long time in front like of Volerin. A kilometer or two. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly. Anyway, Crazy. we proceed. I think I legitimately at that point thought the horse has stopped Volering's momentum and she's not catching Faulkner. And I think that would have been correct because we have a couple of... We have one... Uh, gravel section coming up left one or two but the main one is left Holfeg. this is where yep. Matthew van der Poel went nuclear in 2021 and only Jala could and Bernal eventually but Jala could go with him and he split the group apart and Kopecky does the same thing she launches from the group and I don't know she bridges to Vollering and just bookmark this moment in your minds when she bridges to Vollering on the Tolfeg for the discussion at the end of the, this this race do you think Benji, I don't know, Ludwig, I don't like the way Ludwig rides in these second groups because it was like, to me, Asgren and Bala and how Bala rode in Strade last year. And I feel like she, she hurts herself. I, if she just rolls through, takes a one-second turn, pulls off, it's not costing her as much as, I think, literally letting wheels go and disrupting the group. I agree. I do feel like Kutrup Ludwig has been really strong in both Omlop. In the Bosberg, she was one of the stronger riders in the wheel of Lippard when she went crazy after Kopecky was already solo. And now she was also one of the strongest riders in the group. She was following a move by Van Vleuten earlier on in her race, where she was easily on the wheel. And Kopecky also easily on the wheel. But you're right, Kopecky moves to Volering, and it kind of like... There's no immediate reaction when it comes to Itrupolitik. She's like looking at the others first before she makes her move. And I think that kind of punishes Costa. herself in this situation because then she tries bridging up towards the front of the race. Really but strong. Very strong. But those two riders are now somewhat working together. Yeah. We'll talk about the cooperation a bit in a second between the two. But Itrupolitik strands on a few meters and she completely cracks the second that the road goes. Like they go over the top of Latolfe and then afterwards like There's an uphill section up. again. Nah, she's done with Triple yeah. like, You could see her break in front of you. It's really sad. <laughs> I was like, come on, Triple No, she was, she was gone. She was straight up gone there. And the two were off on their adventure to try and catch Faulkner. The gap was now 45 seconds, 50? I don't know. About 50 seconds. They're chewing into it. We have two team time trials, basically, with Lippert and Van Vleuten working, Vollering and Kopecky working. To me, 
I thought Kopecky would borderline drop volering off the wheel, and there were moments where she could have easily dropped volering off the wheel. I don't know if volering would have caught Faulkner solo. I don't think so, actually. Um, but also, volering had been ahead. Kopecky got to sit in, so that's maybe why Kopecky was fresher because of the earlier work volering had yep. done. I don't know. Anyway. Gap's coming down, coming down, but not that fast. We know Faulkner's going to get caught, but she only gets caught on the Siena, the narrow Siena climb proper, not even under the archway. Like yep. when they've done the left-right, they've only caught her with under 1K to go. Incredibly strong, and that proves to me they were like, holy shit, she could have won this race. Like if it wasn't yep. for how strong Kopecky and Vollering were working together, Faulkner doesn't know they're there. Volerin comes up her right-hand side on the ramp, gives her a nudge with the elbow, say, don't close me, because Faulkner's, like, ducking to the right. And I think, I thought, oh, Faulkner's just going to let her go through. Faulkner sees her, and then is like, no, and barriers her, <laughs> <laughs> like, deliberately. It was crazy. I, I was like, <laughs> you can't do that. This is, I was like, sprint, is this even a sprint? <laughs> They're on a 20% ramp, but sprint deviation behavior. <laughs> it was egregious. <laughs> and it wasn't like the only such move because then then we then we moved into oh, the sprint well Kopecky's off Volring got back to her we've got those two next to each other on the last few slopes of the Siena climb and I'm like what's gonna happen now there's a few scenarios that can happen Kopecky was the preset leader like Longo Borghini and UAE tour yeah. for Trek and they give Kopecky the victory that's option one option two is Volring has done the mystique work, even though I feel like she hasn't done much put pulling compared to Kopecky in the last section. I feel like Kopecky's done most of it. So that's option two, give it to Volring for her work for Kopecky. And option three is sprint for it. <laughs> you fucking sprint for it. Well, I mean, I could tell. I could tell with the <laughs> way they were riding. Because once you pass Faulkner, you know she's toast. Yeah. And the other group's literally in Narnia. They're two minutes behind Ludwig and Van Vleuten fighting. But you could tell on Siena, they were going full gas side by side. They weren't like, yeah. it wasn't like Wout and uh, Laporte. And then this is where it got crazy, Benji. <laughs> Volering crests the Siena climb first. Yeah. She kind of eases up. And then you see Kopecky sprint in the saddle to pass her the same way Stiebar passed Van Avermaet yeah. just over the crest before they go into the chicane because this final corner is almost impossible to lose from if you're first through it and the, the corner's in the, on the flat section on the top. And Vollering looked over and surprised, to me visibly surprised. I've only seen it yeah. once live, but she wasn't anticipating it from my perspective, and then jumps onto the wheel, and they're sprinting. You see the speed they're going on the top. They've gone full gas, so it's clear they're racing for it, but also the Volering had been surprised, and then Kopecky, like, full-on goes um, outside apex, fully to the outside barrier with the brake check on the final corner, sprints out of it, and then Volering gets in the draft, and this is what's crazy, which will probably get lost. No one's ever won from that position, yeah. ever. I don't Ever. think. And I thought Kopecky's done her by the surprise. And Vollering beats her easily, by the way. I don't know why there was a long delay. She beat her by a fucking wheel. Yeah. <laughs> like from, like, maybe from the overhead. I think I just like calling it front on live. Maybe Vollering the shock, wins. The shock of the situation was like, 
Who just won this? <laughs> I think I that's know. the factor. Well, like, I don't have a problem with a, spin a sprinter due. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Because if you agree certain parameters, both riders need to know how we're going to play it, yeah. when, what we're going to do, etc. I think you can do it. Then both should be happy. I don't think if riders get confused about what was supposed to happen and another rider sprints from their wheel and gets the jump on them, that creates a good environment. Like, imagine yeah. if Benji E3... Let's, go, let's look at comparison, because we've had a couple recent ones. E3 last year. Yeah. Christophe Laporte sprints from Wout's wheel to, and bike throws him on the line. <laughs> he probably gets let go, right? He probably gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, especially after getting a victory in Paranese. Paranese, yeah. <laughs> Imagine they should have. It would have been good content for oh, us. Amazing. Um, <laughs> why? But this is why I want to go all the way back to Latolfe. I want to know, and only those two riders will know. Why is it quote unquote fair? I'm sort of Team Capecchi here. Why is it fair? that Kopecky will wait for Vollering, not drop her when she could have. I think yeah. the moment she could have in the run-in dropped her, that Vollering then gets to go for the win on Siena. Yeah, I agree with that. But there's also the factor of like, they decided not to do that, but then what happened in the cooperation? I feel like Kopecky took over easily, which is logical because she's the one with the most energy on paper because Vollering had been riding ahead, fighting with horses and so forth before already. Now, when it comes to Volring, she always like, Kopecky always had to like point her elbow of take over to Volring, but maybe that's because Volring was done for after her work. Then again, clearly not done for after the race, that's, that's for sure. She still had energy on, on the Siena slopes. So maybe the distrust started there already with the cooperation from Kopecky's side, or do you not see that? I mean, we don't know what was agreed. We don't know what the plan was. Did they know? Well, here we go. So, Anne Brackman on Twitter said, uh, one of the big fans of the podcast, no, we hadn't made any arrangements along the way, says Lotta Kopecky about Vollering. I don't know who wins. And then she says, we wait for the photo finish. So, Kopecky says after the race that... There were no arrangements. And then Brachman follows up with a quote tweet saying, Vollering says, Vollering now, whoever was first on top on the climb was allowed to win, which was Vollering. So who do you believe, Benji? That's risky. By the way, I do want to set this right. Brachman is like a, a, a solid journalist in Belgium about cycling, not just someone who listens to the podcast. But I will say between those two... Um, it's impossible to know. I think they both have their egos in cycling, which is normal if you're a born winner like these two riders. But whatever was decided, I don't know. In the yeah, Dutch but what if team, you're Kopecky? What if you're Kopecky? You Volering know you could have dropped Volering. I agree, but Volering has a pattern with the Dutch team not liking her either. Yeah. I mean, you're Belgian though. We've got to bring in some... We've got a Dutch producer now. Luke, who I wanted his input, but he, he didn't want to, he's on Team Vollering, I think. I'll speak for him. Um, 
what if you're Kopecky? You know you could have dropped Bollering at some point in the run-in. The team orders come through the radio, because you don't, it's not a democracy. Let's say the team orders come through from Anna van der Brecher in the car, and she says whoever's on the top in Siena wins. Aren't you yeah. like, what the fuck? I didn't agree to that. What the hell? Um, I don't know. Whatever it is, this is very bad for the team dynamics for the next classics race, unless they can figure it out by the time the actual classics Horrible. hit, but this is fucked. <laughs> they weren't speaking to each other after the finish, and as I said, in principle, I don't have a problem with the sprint to do a do, a do, uh, a twee. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. That's Dutch for you, Benji. Um, but you got to man. There, it's a really volatile situation. So maybe, I mean, we spoke about the Trek Reel, anything at length. At least they made a decision. The riders stuck yeah. with it. The riders were happy. Listen, we talked about that because we, you know, we had to. It's February and whatever. This is 10 times worse. Update. Anna van der Breggen said, again, on Brakman for the reporting here, no, we didn't agree anything. Um, we didn't expect them to be together at the end of Siena. They caught Faulkner very late. We didn't say anything as a team leading. What's important in the, is that we were first and second. So who do we believe? I believe Anna van der Breggen. But, okay, so we know the car didn't say whoever's on top of the climb. The riders so might have agreed on it. The riders might have said that. I believe Kopecky. You believe Kopecky? But I believe Kopecky. I'm Team Kopecky on this as well. I'm Team Kopecky on this. I've seen enough Dutch races Good. in international I competitions. I might I'm have slashed the Australian trade agreement if you, uh, if you didn't agree here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd be out of the EU. Um, but yeah, hey, but, uh, they did win what one do you think two, happens? Eh? What like, if, can they race happen? together? They, they have to race together. They're, they're forced to race together. They'll, they'll <laughs> figure it out. They might not like each other very much, but is this exact scenario going to happen in the next Classics as well? I don't see it happening. Yes, possibly. I don't see it happening. Roubaix, that's not going to happen. I think... RVV, maybe. A rider on a team that is not SD Works is going to win a major race this year because... SD Works, I mean, fuck, this is not even a hot take. This well, they did it last year. year. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> SD Works might not have the best tactics and another team will win the race. But I mean, like, a really obvious example where I think Voller and Kopecky, they are never sacrificing for each other again, right? I wouldn't. Yeah, if I was either I of either. them. I should do the top 10. Vollering wins ahead of Kopecky. Faulkner third, only 18 seconds behind with those riders going full gas. That's a crazy performance in third. She was... A minute and a half ahead of the fourth and fifth, which is Ludwig beating Van Flurten. Puck Peters, sixth. Navidome, seventh. Lippert, eighth. Marcus, Fiumbo, ninth. And Pfeiffer, Georgie, tenth. Could Movistar have done anything differently? Not really. They were trying to get yeah. runs in the, the counter moves. I think they were trying to do what they basically should. It just didn't work. Yeah, but I would have expected a Makai to be the rider that they sent forward Not instead Patino, of like a... Right? A Patino and so forth. Yeah. That, that's what I would have expected because I see the Lippertz of the world and Van Vleuten to be the last few riders to make that final move. Unironically, I think there might have been a strategy in going early with Van Vleuten to get the others out of their cage because you know that Van Vleuten, based on the previous race, is not at her best. And today proved that once again, of course, but 
Movistar should know that as well. So wouldn't it have been clever to like make an early move with Van Vleuten to try and open up the race just to put Lippert in a seat at the end? Is that a potential option? I don't Risky know. Because then Lippert was pacing beforehand on the climb on the front, the really smooth one that looked like a concrete surface. I can't really tell. <laughs> I think that's something they're going to have to figure out how Lippert and Van Vleuten work together in these races. Yeah. I do think... Um, it's going to work. It, yeah, who's going to work? And also, if AVV's not in top shape, which she isn't, how are they going to play that? Because it doesn't Wait. make sense to give her a lead out and for her to drop. If both of them go over the top of Russia for call, do they sprint it out at the finish line? AVV winning. AVV definition of got that dog in her. She ain't. AVV gifts it. She ain't. I'm saying. Fuck. No. AVV gifts it. I feel it. <laughs> to lip it. Yeah. She'll attack her, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else? ELB. Is, anyway, it's great for the, the gifting way, discussions. Any other thoughts from this race? Uh, I would like to just keep note of, again, Puck Peterson, who had a, a really good result in this race. Let's be honest about it. We did expect a solid result, but Six is still really strong, just behind Van Vleuten, head of Nivea Doma. This is her second road race, I think, this year. I think she rode the Dutch NC last year, if I recall correctly, So uh, for the juniors. So that's three road races, two pro ones now, and that's a really good result there. So I'd write this rider down as like a future couple classics rider as well. And this makes me wonder, I don't know if she's still injured or not. So take this with a grain of salt, but... I would have expected Jumbo to send Finn van Empel here as well, in the same way that Phoenix sends Petersen to this race. But I don't know if she was injured at a certain point and then she came back, and whether that's impacting her road season or not, I don't know that. But I think the other notes are simply, Utrepludwig looks good. I'd ride her down shape. as the winner of Flesh Wallon right now. No. With Cavalli yes, no. taking a break from racing for the time being too, she'll be clear leader. She's probably favorite. She looks fucking good in that two-minute punch. Lippert, she looks really, really good. Also good though. Those two. I think Capecchi wins. Wins La Flesh. Really? Capecchi. I, I looks, don't see it. Capecchi just looks unbelievably good. Um, yeah. Anyway, that Rube. was Strada Bianca Donna. It started with the peloton together, built up, and then a really, really interesting finish. With I'm sure people having lots of opinions. Maybe more information will come out that we don't know yet. And Volring's like, no, we literally agreed that. And you went back on the, the agreement. Horse. Is the horse still okay? Is the horse okay? Um, maybe we'll be hearing about this in 50 years. Patrick Lefebvre was having a beef with a rider from 1975 or something when they disagreed on how much the race was going to cost for the other rider to win. Glorious stuff. Always yeah. the haters. They are saying things. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go watch the men's Strada Bianca now. Great win for SD Works. Not how I would have drawn it up. But one, two, yeah. it is what it is. They're both in great shape. They're two top guns. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks to Zwift as always. And we'll see you in the men's later. Ciao.